Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Vandalia, Michigan campus. For more info, look us up at newdaycommunity.org. You're probably familiar with it. I just can't remember the exact reference. And the, his disciples shooed the children away. And Jesus said, wait a minute, guys, you're blowing it. Uh, don't forbid the children to come to me, for such is the kingdom of God. And he says, unless you become like a child, you can't even enter the kingdom of God. And the Bible says that he picked up the children and blessed them, laid his hands on them and blessed him, blessed the children. And so that's a template that we use uh, for families that have children uh, like Jesus. We, we bring them and present them uh, before the Lord in church, and we just pray a word of prayer over them and bless them. And I think that there's, uh, without question, Jesus has a high priority on children. I think that when, when you know, we come to church, we think this is the main show, but I think Jesus shows up first in the nursery, the kids' rooms. Uh, in another place, Jesus said that a child's angel is always before the Father. And, like, he doesn't explain what that means, you know? I don't know what that means. All I know is that it's, they have a special place. Children have a special place in the heart of God. And we want to honor that, and we do honor that. And uh, if, if you're in any one of our New Day churches, uh, the one thing that I love is that's constant is that there's lots of kids, and I like kids making noise in church. And so some people are bothered by that. I like it because that means there's kids in church. That's a good thing, right? Yeah. All right. And so the next generation, they're not the future church, the, the present church. And we just want to honor that. And so we have a few, um, <clears throat> this seems loud, I don't know, is it just me? Is it good? So we have a few uh, uh, families that are going to be dedicating their children. Uh, so first, uh, the Ebies with Haley. Is it Haley or Haley? Should we have them all come up? Okay, so the, uh, the Ebies and then the, the uh, Montgomery's with uh, Thomas and Claire. Come on up. Yeah. And... Uh, with Jace, Jace Colton, Colton. Mm-hmm. and the with Jack. Let's get this out of the way. There we go. Why don't you come over the side? All right. So, Kopachek sees, right? How do you say it? Nope. Montgomery's. Montgomery's. I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll start with you. Thomas and Claire's. I'm guessing this is Thomas. That's right. Yeah, come on over here. Mark and I are both going to bless. And little well. Claire. Oh, aren't they great? Beautiful. <clears throat> well, would you just join with me as we uh, pray a blessing? Yeah. Father, we thank you for Thomas. We thank you for Claire. Hey, buddy, how you doing? This one? No, you're doing good. <laughs> Father, we thank you for Thomas and Claire. Yes, and we Lord. just speak a blessing. Jesus, you laid hands on the children and you blessed them. Mm-hmm. And so in your thank name, you, we do the same. And we speak blessing over these mm-hmm. two children that they would uh, grow in faith and in wisdom yes. uh, and stature with yes. both men and God as mm-hmm. you did, Lord, that they would follow you from this young age that their spirit would be united with your spirit yeah, and you, uh, they would grow into maturity to the place where they embrace faith on their own mm-hmm. and live a life uh, dedicated to you. 
Father, we just pray blessing yeah. into their lives, into their, uh, their journey uh, toward maturity. Yeah, Father God, and we just thank you so much uh, for, the, for these kids that you've just blessed this church with. We thank you for Josh and, and Ashley, and thank yeah. you for their faithfulness. Lord, and we just bless this family, Lord, that the presence of God would just be powerfully manifest in, <laughs> in their home at all times, Father God, that your peace and your comfort would rest on them. And Lord, as a family, as a community of believers, we just commit to supporting and encouraging this family yeah. as they raise these wonderful children. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Awesome. Bless you guys. Awesome. Bless you guys. All right, Thank you, you may so be seated. The Kopachewskis. The Wow. Come on over. Okay, remind me of the names again. Chase. Colton and Chase. Jake. Jace. Jace. Colton and what? Colton. Is Colton and Jace. Yeah, thanks, Father. <laughs> well, Father, we bless Colton wow. and Jace. We thank you for them. Father, the new life that you've given. Lord, we speak into their uh, spirit, man, Lord, that, uh, mm-hmm. that they would, their spirits would be connected with your spirit. Lord, that, that uh, as you say, that image that they're angels before the Father. Yeah, and we just pray you. the fullness of whatever that means, Lord, would be represented in their lives. Father, even though they're, they're small and they're immature in their mental capacities, emotional capacities, their spirits can connect with you. And uh, we just pray that you'd fill them with the Holy Spirit, even from this young yeah. age, that you'd lead them and guide them, yeah. and that they would never spend a day outside of the knowledge of you and grow in the maturity of the knowledge of you and learn how to walk uh, um, as they grow older in your ways. Yeah, as uh, Pastor Cameron was praying, I just saw uh, from both of them just these rivers of water flowing out from them. And I just feel like the Lord is saying that they are going to be uh, ones who bring his presence, who bring his joy everywhere they go. Lord, we thank you that they are bearers of your image. Lord, that they are bringers of your presence and your spirit. And we just bless them in, in, just, uh, in their lives, God, as they, uh, they run after you. Lord, let them know you. Uh, deeply and intimately. We thank you for this family, and we just commit to encourage and support and love yes. them as they, as they raise this family. Yeah, and yeah. we just bless them in Jesus' name. Josh, we bless Rachel. Yes, bless Lord. their home. Let, their, let your peace abide in their home as they raise yes. their family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Right, guys? Say amen. All right. All right. Thank you. You can be seated. Hi, sweetie. Oh, she needs bright ice. All right. All right. Okay, we'll go with the Evies. Okay. <laughs> okay. How about it's Haley. Haley? Haley. Hey, guys. How you doing? All right. <laughs> well, Father, we thank you for Haley. Yes, uh, Lord. Lord, such Shani. a beautiful Ooh. little baby and mm-hmm. uh, such a blessing to the Evie family. Lord, we thank you that you, uh, you know her. So. You know her name. You knew her before she was born. You uh, uh, wonderfully formed her in the womb, as your word says you do. And we just say thank you for that. And we are so grateful for the addition to this family. Yes, we pray blessing on Hallie that uh, she would have a connection with you that would grow, that her mind would be open to the, the wisdom of God, and uh, that she would know... Uh, not only truth, but wisdom. She would walk in your ways and uh, be led by your spirit, mm-hmm. Father, that uh, sure. as she grows, uh, she would grow in peace and, and wisdom and in power. 
in the knowledge of you and, uh, and it would be evident to all as well as to her big brothers and yes, the whole God. family. Yeah, thank you, Father God. I thank you so much for Shelton and Mary Jo and yes, just the, the blessing they are to me and to this family, to this church, God. We pray you would just pour out upon them powerfully, yeah. Lord, that you would just infiltrate every area of their lives, God, that you would open doors of opportunity, God, that you would bring favor in everything that they do, everywhere their foot would tread, God. Let this family just see you. Lord, and that you, they would take land in, in, in your name, God, that they would bring your kingdom. Lord, and I thank you for Hallie. I just see that she's just a light, like almost this lighthouse, a, a beacon of, of hope and a, a beacon of love, that she is going to just shine the, the light of God. And we're just Amen. so grateful for that, God. We bless her in her relationship with you. In Amen. Jesus' name, and We bless Amen. the house. Let yeah, the house God. be filled with your peace. Let your mm. peace abide. Uh, Lord, uh, with each additional children, there's an additional level of complexity, but we just pray that the level of your peace would mm-hmm. exponentially increase, and they, they, would, uh, they would just live in that peace, yes, God. in Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, bless you guys. I love you guys. <laughs> All right, we have the Hughes, and this is little Hughes. Jack. <laughs> hey, Jack, a big smile. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> there you go. How are you doing? Good. All right. How are you doing? Here's one. Oh. Hey. Oh. All right. Father, we thank you for the Hughes, uh, such a wonderful family. And we thank you for little Jack. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you for the life that you've given him. Yeah. And the joy, Lord, just a spirit of joy that's on this young boy. Um, so we just bless him Lord. that he would walk in that joy and that that joy would be uh, uh, resourced from heaven. Father, regardless of the circumstances mm-hmm. in his life, that he would be a, 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 a mm-hmm. child and a man of joy, of yeah. wisdom. Yep. Lord, that your spirit would connect with his spirit yes, Lord. Uh, and that you would lead him in your ways, that he would be sharp to your word. Uh, 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 and just quick to respond in the in the ways of faith and the ways of your spirit, wow. Father. And uh, that every day uh, he would grow closer to you, Lord. We just pray you'd preserve him, preserve his body, preserve his soul, preserve his spirit. That he would be a testimony uh, of your goodness. Yes, God. Hallelujah. Yeah, thank you so much, God, for uh, for Joe and Katie. Lord, we're just grateful yeah, for them. We're grateful that you have planted them in this body. Lord, we just speak a blessing over them in their house. Mm-hmm. Lord, we speak a blessing over their ministry at Bear Lake, God, and all that they do to, to serve and to extend your kingdom. Lord, and I just pray for a Sabbath rest uh, mm-hmm. upon this family, God, that they, even as they work, as they they uh, battle forward for your kingdom, Father God, mm-hmm. that they would do it from a place of, of rest, Lord, knowing that you fight the battle for them. Mm-hmm. Lord, and I just, I just heard the, the word mighty warrior over Jack, and I just thank you that you have created him to be a mighty warrior in your army, God, that he is going to lead people to you, and that he is going to tear down the, the strongholds of, of the enemy in, in the, the communities and the places that you have placed him, Father God. And we look forward to what you're going to do in him and in the rest of this family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. All right. All right, give them all a big hand. Thanks, Mark. Okay, well, I'm Pastor Cameron, and uh, it's, you guys, children may be dismissed. Or children's Church, yeah, there you go.
to the puppet show. And I'm going to be speaking on our series, Maxed Out. Um, you guys have had a whole month of Mark. The month of Mark. <laughs> uh, in January, we had Mark uh, teach every Sunday. But normally, we rotate through teachers. If you're a guest this morning, uh, thanks for coming. Uh, we have two churches up in the Kalamazoo area. And um, we have a teaching team that we rotate through. And, and so um, I think next week, Anthony's going to be here teaching. Ooh. Yeah, he's good. He, he's a site pastor of our downtown church. And uh, I'm senior pastor over all of them. And we're in a series called Maxed Out. We prayerfully, we take a lot of time and effort to plan out our teaching series. And we wanted to start the year out. It just seemed like a lot of people came out of 2017 really maxed. Uh, 2017 was a difficult year for a lot of individuals. Certainly it was for me and my family. And um, we just wanted to turn our attention to God. Uh And uh, the series is really about making space for meaning in a crowded life. Last week, Mark talked on uh, practicing the presence, right? Yes, sir. And so the key of, of practicing the presence of God to to stay balanced in life and making space for that. And a big part of our message is that this is not self-help. Uh, self-help is good. There's lots of great books you can get to teach you principles about how to live and, and, and balance your life out. But this series, we want to turn to Scripture and find biblical truths that will help us um, live through a life that seems to be getting more and more crowded. You know, technology hasn't really made life easier in a lot of ways. It's made life more difficult. Um, we, we can do more. We can, we're constantly connected. It's based on the series, our key uh, theme verse is from Philippians chapter 4. It says, I have learned the secret of living, Paul says, in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me or who gives me strength. And that statement of faith is I can do all things through Christ. And we're kind of just elaborating on that theme for um, all of January and part of February until we begin the next series. The secret of living in every situation. Boy, isn't that a promise? Paul learned the secret of living every, in every situation. And I think he tells us the secret pretty straightforward. The secret is that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. It's, it's being in a clear, uh, having our understanding of our relationship in Christ. That we encounter everything through uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> through means that we relate to everyone and everything through Christ. Christ comes between us and everything in our lives. All right? So no one can get to you unless they come through Christ. Doesn't that sound good? Yes? No? Maybe so? All right? The enemy can't get to you unless he comes through Christ. Uh, 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 breakdown as well as breakthrough comes through Christ. As long as you stay in Christ. It's when you get out of Christ, when you kind of bypass or, 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 or uh, sidetrack, uh, uh, then you, sometimes we get outside of Christ. So some aspect of our life is outside of uh, the, the lordship of Jesus Christ. And so sometimes we're exposed to things that he would protect us from. But if we're, the secret to life is that I can do all things through Christ. And so if I keep centered in him. Every one of us faces times where we're overworked, and under-resourced, that's 
specifically what I'm talking about today, the feeling or the experience of being overworked and under-resourced, not having enough to do what we feel like we need to do because we all have limits. How many have reached the limit? Okay. I'm currently in a season where I'm at my limit, <laughs> and, and I see I'm being stretched beyond that limit um, uh, through a lot of things that I won't talk about, it, but it's just in every way I feel like, wow. And so this series is timely for me because it's very personal. Um, well, we want to learn how to maximize output uh, with the limited resources um, that we have, how to live life to the max but not get maxed out. So Jesus said, this is an important scripture to understand, this is a promise that Jesus gave to us, um, that he came, I have come that they, anyone who follows him, that you, may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. All right? How many love that promise? Okay, the Amplified says, I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. All right, that's why Jesus came. Jesus did not come to put you in a religious box. He actually came to take off the box and take you out of the box and let you prosper. It's just kind of like, you know, a plant will only grow so big if it's in a, in, in a, the size of the plot will limit the size of the plant. And sometimes you got to replant. And so you take out the plant and put it into a bigger pot and it can grow bigger. And Jesus wants to take you out of the small pots that you're in and, and, and make it so you can grow. This word abundantly can actually be translated super abundant. It's a Greek word that has an extra uh, uh, part at the beginning that like em- super em- emphasizes it. It's not just abundant, but super abundant, okay? Uh, superior, extraordinary, surpassing, more excellent. Like you just can't quite comprehend the, uh, the fullness of what this word means. He chose the word. Jesus chose a word that meant abundance above and beyond our expect- expectations. And that's what Jesus wants for each and every one of his followers. He wants you to have a life that when someone says, how's it going? You say, it's going so great. I can't hardly contain myself. All right. It's over. My life is overflowing with abundance. Wow. <clears throat> Living life to the max but not being maxed out. I believe that that's God's promise for each and every one of us. And I believe that's what we pursue. That's the life of faith. All right? And, um, and we believe that God wants that for us. But that's not the only thing Jesus promised. I want to hear another promise of Scripture? <laughs> all right, let me read this in John 16, 33. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth... You're going to have many trials and sorrows. But take heart because I've overcome the world. Yeah. Or in, another, in, in Christ we have peace, but in the world we'll have tribulation. Trials and sorrows, it can also be translated tribulation. And tribulation is from a, a Greek word, tribulum, if I remember right. And that means, or that might be the Latin word, <clears throat> sounds more Latin. So it's, it's like uh, when you grind something to powder. Right, you take a, uh, a pistol, pestle. What's that called? Mortar and, pestle. Mortar and pestle, and you put something in there, and you just grind it into powder. That's what tribulation is. And Jesus said, "Here on earth, you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have trials, and you're going to have sorrow. 
in Christ, we can have peace. We can have that abundant peace in the midst of our living in this world where we also have trials and sorrows. And so there's a real tension between the peace that we have in Christ and the trials and sorrows of this life. And, and that's just a reality. I, you know, some, the gospel is simple in one sense, but the, the message of Scripture is, is, is a little deeper. You know, Jesus promised abundant life, but he also promised trials and sorrows. And uh, I think it would be a disservice if we just came up and said, hey, just everything's going to be great. It's going to be a, a bed of roses. No, it's going to be, uh, it's gonna, you're going to have peace to endure the trials. And embracing this reality removes what I think is one of the biggest hindrances for people walking out their Christian faith with confidence, uh, and that is a false expectation. Because you get saved, and maybe somebody people share with you, or you get the impression that, man, everything is going to be great now. God set me free. And then, then something happens, and it's like you get hit by a freight train. I had a friend hit by a freight train. <laughs> Walt Berger, yeah. Unfortunately, he's gone to be with the Lord, but he lived for, not by the train. He lived another 50 years or 60 years uh, 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 after the train. Um, but... Uh, where to go with that? You know, so you, <laughs> it changed his life. It really did. Completely changed his life. Redirected him. And he was already a, a serving God, but, uh, you know, he was kind of a wealth and prosperity preacher driving a Cadillac with red leather, uh, doing, I think, 70 or 80. <laughs> Got hit by a freight train. And after that, he and his wife, after he recovered many years of recovery, he and his wife spent the rest of their lives uh, in the mission field in Mexico, Haiti, serving the poor, so the poor, and had a phenomenal ministry. And so <clears throat> this expectation that everything is going to be uh, easy and for the Christian is what stumbles people. Um, and really, uh, it, it kind of boggles my mind because when I encounter someone that's trapped in disappointment, and I go, well, you know, we're, to follow, we're called to follow Jesus. Look at Jesus' life. And was it a bed of roses? No, it was the Garden of Gethsemane. All right? At the point where all of his closest friends at one point betrayed him. And then he was crucified. Now he rose from the dead and we walk in the power of resurrection life. And so that's this tension between the power of living in victory and the power of living in this world. A few other things Jesus said. He said to his disciples, If you want to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang onto your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your own soul? And this idea that if we try to hang on to our lives instead of hanging on to the cross, carrying our cross and following Jesus, uh, we'll actually end up losing our life. But if we lose our life for his sake, we gain everything. So following Christ means making choices based on his will. You know what happened? Jesus in the garden said, not my will, but thine be done. He didn't want to hang on the cross. Jesus did not want to do that. He was so uh, overwhelmed by the emotion of it. So the Bible says he sweated blood. He was under such pressure. 
Yet in the midst of the anguish, he said, not my will, but thine be done. Right? And so that was the turning point. Adam in a garden uh, uh, next to a tree said, not thy will, but mine be done. And it led to the fall where sin entered the world and corrupted and brought the curse. Jesus in a garden surrounded by probably olive trees. Uh, Some people think it may have been the same geographic location. Other people argue that. It doesn't really matter. Um, The similarities are very profound. Jesus faced a choice. And he chose the right way. Not my will, but your will be done. And so he did that as the example. Following Jesus means making that choice. Not my will, but yours be done, even if it means suffering. Okay, regardless of what it means. Because he knew that the promise would be fullness, would be peace, would be joy, would be salvation, not only for himself, but for everyone. Um, that always, choosing God's will will always bring the biggest benefit, even though in the short term, you may not understand how it's ever going to work out. You may, not, uh, you may not see the blessing. You may only see the suffering. But in the end, you're going to be blessed. If you do his will, according to his word, and lived out his ways. Okay, so I just got a few practical things. That I hope you find them practical. The first one doesn't sound that practical, but it is, it's really practical. <laughs> uh, you must see your identity as being fully immersed in God. And so the reason it's practical is because you interact with everything out of an identity. In other words, it's your worldview, it's how you see yourself, if you're, if you're confident, if, or if you see yourself as a failure, if you see yourself as a businessman, or uh, however you see yourself, there's all different uh, things that play into what your identity is. <clears throat> and you can do plenty of studies about identity, but in Christ, the biblical uh, uh, help, as opposed to self-help, and I, I like all those self-help things, but the biblical help is that you need to see your identity, who you are, in your core, now I'm not just Cameron Wright, son of Ernie and Darlene Wright, you know, and I was talking to my, my kids yesterday, and they're doing the, there's a 23andMe, it's a genetic study, where you find out your ancestry. They had a friend that they thought, he thought he was 90% Sicilian. His whole life he talked about being Sicilian. He did this test, he has zero Sicilian in him. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, now I'm like, all those stories I tell about my, my ancestors, you know, but who knows? And so it's their identity. And this is what we, we need to turn to our spiritual identity. In Colossians, it says, set your mind on things above. Okay, so take your mind off the natural, the world, the house you own, the money you're banking out, maybe your debt account, <laughs> right? You know, whatever it may be, your business, your occupation, your hobbies, <clears throat> Okay, those are all valid. There's nothing wrong with that. God wants, you ble- wants to bless you in this realm. But to, to operate in your identity, you need to take your mind and look up. And it says, four, set your mind on things above because you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. This is a key scripture for my life. Whenever I'm facing a situation, I just go, you know what? I'm already dead. So it really doesn't matter. I'm dead to this world. Uh, and my life is hidden. I'm hidden. 
And so some people get all freaked out about spiritual warfare and stuff. And I'm like, well, yeah, I, I know all about that stuff. But you know what? I'm hidden. I'm safe. I'm hidden with Jesus in God. It's like double layer protection. All right? Because I'm with Jesus. And Jesus and I are just hanging out in God. And so there's a very real, albeit spiritual, barrier between you and every demand that's put on you. And that's where everything, nothing gets to you except through Christ. That's the secret of of being successful in every life situation, is that in every life situation, you're hidden with Jesus in God. And so Christ is the mediator, not only between you and God, but between you and every other thing. All right? And so it's like a buffer. And believing that gives you the peace to endure whatever the doctor is saying when you're being diagnosed or whatever <clears throat> the bank is saying when you're going through some unpleasant <laughs> troubles, right? Whatever, or maybe even joyful things. When you find out some, something great's happened, you, you ac- acknowledge that this is happening in my position in Christ. My identity is rooted. And that means that no matter what happens, good or bad, it can't change who you really are. Right? And that's how you can remain constant and unchanging, even to death, because your identity is set. Nothing can change that. Bring it on. All right? uh, and that gives you the confidence. <clears throat> to me, that's very practical, because I, I often have to go back to that place where I'm encountering something that maybe I like or don't like, but I realize who I am is hidden sure. with Christ in God. And out of that confidence, I have peace to, to, you know, people asking questions, I have no idea how to answer. I'm like, okay, well, Jesus, what do you think? And I'll do the best I can. And you can do the same in whatever situation you are. There's a story, C.S. Lewis wrote a book called uh, Screw Tape Letters, and a uh, great book, great read. Uh, he said it was his hardest book because it's a, it's a book about letters a, a senior devil was writing to a junior devil in the art of temptation. And so C.S. Lewis said he had to think like a demon. He said it was really a bad time of his life because it made him uh, struggle with that. But one, one part of it, I can't remember the character's name, uh, but this person, the demon said they can never touch this person because that person's always surrounded by the presence. There's like a cloud around them and they can't find any way in. I'm like, that's the kind of life I want to lead, oh, right? That I'm always surrounded uh, by the, uh, like a cloud of the presence of God. And that takes daily getting my mind off the things on earth and looking up and get into the heavenly, uh, a heavenly presence. Heaven is not after you die. Heaven is where God is. God's not waiting for you to die in order for you to experience Him. Do you know that? Yeah. All right. Aren't you happy about that? The fullness we will experience in the resurrection, but we want to experience him now, and he wants to experience, we want to live in his presence now, and we can, and having that is a very practical way to get through every situation. The second practical thing is picking your battles. (laughs) Even Jesus knew how to disappear when the crowd became enraged. He actually disappeared twice, didn't he? Remember that story? I looked up, I read, I'm going to read around, it's in Luke 40, uh, Luke 4. Like they, the crowd got really upset, and it just said, and he he uh, he hit himself. He just he just disappeared. He just snuck away. It doesn't like did he magically do it? You know, did he miraculously? I can't use the word magic in church. Did he miraculously just poof poof? You know, 
<laughs> or did he just go do a ninja move? <laughs> All we know is that he ran away. Okay, think about this. Lord of the universe, king of kings, right? Could heal the sick, raise the dead. He was like, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> All right. Jesus did that. Paul, fearsome hero of the gospel, right? Willing to do anything. There was a time when he knew, hey, I got to get out of here. They put him in a basket, lowered him out a window, and he ran to the next town. Okay? There's a time where it's right to run away. All right? Um, sometimes we don't have the resources. We're uh, overworked and under-resourced because we're fighting a battle that's not ours to fight. And you really need to know when it's your uh, responsibility to fight. Uh, when it's your uh, time to stand in the authority God's given you or to realize, actually, I don't have authority in this situation. Um, I'm just going to step back and let things play out. And that often gets people overwhelmed because they're trying to solve a problem that's not theirs to solve. And so they're violating the authority structure of God. And uh, uh, Scripture is very clear about different authority. You have, you have authority as a, as a parent. You have authority with the children that are living in your home. That's very highly respected by God. If you uh, own a house, you have authority. You have a spiritual authority over that property. That's different than if you rent a house. Just like in the natural, it's different. If you rent a house, you can do certain things, but there's certain things you can't do. But if you own the house, you can knock down a wall, do whatever you want, you know, as long as it's under the authority of the government. All right, we need to respect that. So authority realms in the world teach us about authority realms in the spirit. And it's important to know how to walk in the authority Christ has given you. And if it's something that's under your authority, you have spiritual authority to stand and, and, and to not yield. But if something outside of your authority, there, you can have some influence, but you don't want to take on a battle. Even Jesus ran away at certain times. Uh, even Paul ran away. Paul says uh, in Romans chapter 12, If it's possible, as much as it's up to you, live at peace with all men. So this is a great scripture, but it implies something here. It implies sometimes it's not possible. He's saying if it's possible, that means that sometimes it's not possible. Sometimes somebody's just going to be mad at you. They're going to be, there ain't nothing you can do to make it right. And you just need to go, well, that's their problem. As much as it's up to me, as much as it depends on me and my side, I'm going to be at peace with them, but they're not at peace with me. All right? So it, 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 a lot, sometimes it doesn't depend on you. Sometimes it's out of your control. So beyond that, even if we pick our battles, sometimes God calls us to go even further or beyond what we think we're able to. And let's just read the scripture, because we all submit to the Bible, right? We all believe the Bible? This is an interesting passage. Uh, Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. church not that much unlike you and I. Just a bunch of people that come to uh, know Jesus Christ as Lord. And he's giving them instruction. And he's actually responding to um, why that church got to the place where they weren't accepting Paul's teaching like they were some other teachers. And he's kind of explaining to them why they should. He said, are they servants of Christ? Referring to the other teachers. He says, I know I sound like a madman, but I have served him far more. Don't you love Paul's humility? (laughs) He may and likely have been speaking of people like Peter. Okay. 
as well as other teachers of his day. We're not sure exactly who he's talking about. I've served him far more. I have worked harder. You know, it's, it's, it's humble if it's true, right? And it's, it's not boasting if he's doing it in humility for their good and not his boasting. It says, I have worked harder, been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number. I've faced death again and again. Five times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Most people could only would die after just having it done to them once. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. We believe he died and was prayed back to life after that time. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers. I have faced dangers from my own people, the Jews, as well as from Gentiles. I have faced danger in the city, in the deserts, and on the seas. I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers and are not. I've worked hard and long, endured many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Then, besides all this, I have the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. This is the person who wrote, I can do all things. These are the all things that Paul was referring to. He's able to endure all these type of situations because he's learned the secret, which is he does them through Christ. Now, why is this in Scripture? The eternal word of God? It's like, why did God just let Paul just rant here? Almost sounds like a rant, doesn't it? But I think it's a very important, I think we can all learn. Compare your life to this. All right? This is a realistic image of someone who's really sold out for Christ. Now, when I read that, my problems seem a lot smaller. And if he's able to endure all that stuff through Christ, I can endure Somebody getting mad at me, someone misunderstanding me, uh, even the financial strains that we're, we're facing and trying to push through and trying to figure out solutions to, compared to being beaten <laughs> with a rod and whipped and stoned, we got it easy, man. We really have it easy. And so we can be, this should generate thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, that, wow, yeah, I have suffering, but. I can endure this because Paul set an example, and Jesus set even a, a more a higher example. Next uh, practical thing is stand. Stay standing. Stay standing. Everybody say that out loud. Stay standing. All right. Therefore, take up your whole armor of God. This is uh, in Ephesians. I'm not going to go into the armor of God. It's a great teaching. It's a great series about what that means. But it means, in general, it just basically means take everything that God gives you and get equipped that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. All right? <laughs> to me, that buildup kind of seems like a letdown. Because <laughs> you do everything just not to get pushed back. All right? But that's just the reality of Christian life. Sometimes it takes everything that God has, and you have to be working in the fullness of it. A little bit later, he says, praying with all prayer and supplication. Intercession, man, you're just pushing and pushing just so you don't fall down. We're not even talking about gaining ground here. And sometimes it means you have to do everything to stand. But you know what? That's victory. Even if you push back a little bit, I'm not letting up. 
I'm staying standing in my faith, in my confession, in my belief, in my confidence. I'm not going to get discouraged. I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to feel condemned because I'm going through hard, hard circumstances. All right? I'm going to stand. All right? And God allows us to run out of ourselves so that we run to Him, to run into Him. All right? This is just a reality, and it's a correction, and I just want to kind of deal with this. I don't get to deal with this very often. People say this all the time, and I generally don't correct them on it, but because I'm preaching and you're listening, I get to do it. <laughs> you can talk to me about it later if you don't like it, or you can write a letter. <laughs> and mail it to Mark. You can talk to Mark. See, the common mistake is the idea that God will never give me something I can't handle. Well, I know God will never give me something I can't handle. Many of us have said that. The reality is, God will never give you something He can't handle. And there's an infinite difference between the two. All right? If you want even more proof about this, let's just read Scripture. We think we ought... uh, This is from... uh, eh, Where is it from? 2 Corinthians chapter 1. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed. What does it say there? Read it out loud. Beyond our ability to endure. Okay, so if if the promise of God is he's never going to give you more than you can endure, but Paul had to endure something that was beyond his ability to endure, then you're contradicting Scripture. The Bible says you're going to be brought sometimes into a situation beyond your ability to endure. And we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. Listen to the result. The result is we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God. That's the point. That's, where, that's why it's all happening. So that you can get even more in God. All right, With Christ in God. So that even what you're experiencing when you feel pressed beyond measure is in God. Who raises the dead, and He did rescue us from mortal danger, and He will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in Him, and He will continue to rescue us. And so even if that means the ultimate rescue is our resurrection when Christ returns, which Paul eventually endured, he was beheaded for the faith. Right? Peter was crucified upside down. He's, uh, our, our heroes of the faith, uh, all of the disciples, early disciples except John, was, as far as we know, was, uh, were uh, martyred. And so this is the life of a Christian. It's a life abundant in the midst of a world where we have suffering and trials. But we learn how to stand tall. And we don't back down. We don't get discouraged. We don't get condemned because the secret is in and through everything we are in Christ, and, and we, 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 allow, we, we channel everything through our relationship with Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean being a superhero or being invincible. It means that every situation we're able to endure because we recognize He is Lord over every situation. Right? This is really important. Uh, His Lordship over me is my protection. And so in order to live in this protection is that you need to come into a relationship that Jesus Christ is your Lord. And it simply means accepting, believing, uh, assenting to the fact that Jesus, maybe you don't understand all the details. I've been, I've been a Christian for 35 plus years. I don't understand 
don't. The more I'm a Christian, the more I don't understand. It's like the more you learn, the more you need to learn. But I believe that he is who he says he is, that he is God the Son who came down and took upon human form for the purpose of dying on the cross and taking the penalty of your sin and my sin and the sins of every man, woman, and child on planet Earth. He took the penalty for that. He took our death upon himself so that we wouldn't have to bear the penalty that we could not endure, which is the judgment of God. He took that upon himself. And when I believe that to be true, and then I take a step and that I confess that faith, I believe Jesus Christ is who he said he is. He is God. And that he died on the cross for my sin. And I confess him as Lord over my life. He's the boss. He's my Lord. When you say that, I confess Jesus as Lord. That's what brings you into. That is belief paired with action, confession. And confession is not only saying it, but living it. You live under lordship. You go to him for advice before you take your own advice. And when you err, you go back to him. Right? That's living in Christ. And that's what enables you to endure and to actually uh, be successful and to be content in every situation. His lordship is my victory. And so if you're here, if you've never done that, if you've never came to the point where you said, I'm all in, to the point where I'm actually going to act on it, I'm going to confess it, you need to do that today. Don't leave this place. Or if you've done it, but then you've erred, you've fallen back onto your ways, you need to reset the GPS, okay? (laughs) Uh, Recalibrate and reconfess and get back on track because in Him, you can endure all things, but outside of Him, you can't. And even in Him, there's still sorrow and suffering, but in the midst of that sorrow and suffering, you can have a peace that passes understanding. Would you close with me in prayer? Father, we thank You that You've provided not only for our eternal salvation, but you've provided for the ability to us to endure day-to-day trials and suffering. And I pray that there would be grace upon everyone here, that they would walk in the fullness of what that means. I pray the blessing on every person here, that they would know the abundant life, and that whatever trials that they're facing, they would have access to the fullness of what you have, so that they can do it uh, with a victory and that they can stand and that they can keep their eyes on you and that nothing can draw them away. Bless each person here and thank you for them in Jesus' name. Amen.